Bright suns, you're now listening to the Star Wars Friends Podcast on the No One Is Listening Podcast Network. Punch it, Chewie! What have we here? Hello there. Morning, Senator. Greetings, my We are the ones who guard the power. We are the middle, the beginning. <laughs> So who talks first? You talk first. I talk first. You're a feisty little one, but you'll soon learn some respect. So this is where the fun begins. <laughs> what are you talking about? This is madness. What did Lisa say? Join the conversation with the Star Wars friends on social media at SW Friends Show. That's at SW Friends Show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Email the Star Wars friends at show at starwarsfriends.com if you have a comment or question you want us to read live on the show. Now, here are your hosts, the Star Wars Friends! Hey, what's happening, Star Wars Friends? It's your host, Justin Oldham here, and you are listening to the Star Wars Friends Podcast, part of the No One Is Listening Podcast Network. Joining me tonight, as always, are my Star Wars Friends. This is Josh, and I cannot wait to get my life-size cardboard cutout of my new favorite Star Wars character, Geode. Yes! Yes, Josh is on the Geode bandwagon. Love it. Love it. Maggie. <laughs> and this is Maggie. And if anyone would like to Venmo me $500 so I can get that deluxe uh, Boba Fett sideshow piece, you know, it's fine. It's fine. Maybe we have that really kind listener that would like do that for your birthday and go ahead exactly. and Exactly. <laughs> My birthday's on March 17th, so Ooh. I would jot that down. It's coming up quick. Your birthday's right, on St. Patrick's Day? Yes, oh, and I'm Irish, and my name is Maggie. Yeah. It's like quadruple, quadruple the, the fun festivities on our oh, birthday. Oh, it's great. Except That's the year awesome. that I turned 21, there's a blizzard, and all the bars shut down. It was very Ooh. tragic. Oof. That's not good. Uh, hopefully, everybody out there that's listening is uh, obviously staying safe, staying healthy, staying warm. We had huge uh, snowstorms move in across the country from, uh, you know, the southern states all the way up to the northeast. Um, lots of people without power. Lots of people, um, you know, can't find the necessities that they need. So uh, if you were in a position, if you're listening to this show and you're in a position to help somebody else out, please lend a helping hand, whether it's uh, food, water, uh, basic essentials. If you've got an extra bed that, you know, somebody's without power and you, you're good to take them in, please help out a friend. Um, everybody could use uh, a helping hand uh, during the cold right now. And hopefully everybody's staying safe and uh, healthy away from the Rona. Um, that's no good. It's still out there. It's still a thing. We're not out of the woods yet, but we're, we're making progress, I think. I think we're, we're getting better. A little bit. Uh, I think I read somewhere like 50 million vaccinated now. We're, we're probably above that by the time I heard that. So that's progress. People progress. So good things happening uh, in the world. 
somewhat still got to dig ourselves out of snow in the middle of February, which is never good, especially when you live in the Midwest. Uh, it's not fun. Uh, but here we are. We're going to talk some Star Wars. Hopefully that helps take your mind off of some of it. Um, and let's enjoy and have some fun. We've got another awesome book review this week. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about High Republic into the dark which i'm really enjoying right now but we'll get into that in a second but first we got to count it down as we always do we're talking about star wars celebration oh yeah uh we are at what 77 weeks now is that right yeah 77 76 somewhere in there i think i lost it after last week's show Um, i thought it was 78 last week so i think i I think we're right i think it's 77 sounds right so there's a 70 yeah. weeks late, you know, <laughs> just blur that second. Digit. Right. We'll, we'll just, technical difficulties. We'll just cover it over. But yeah, 77 weeks. I'm excited. It, it seems to be rolling a little faster to me anyway than what it was, you know, when we were still at like 120 some. Uh, so I'm super excited. It's moving quick. Uh, we do have some news and notes. Uh, not a lot this week in the Star Wars world. We did get a big announcement, though, in the gaming world. Um, and Josh, I think you dropped this one last week, and we got a little bit more details on it this week. Uh, do you want to talk about the new game that's coming out? Well, so yeah, so uh, Star Wars Hunters uh, by Zynga, Lucasfilm Games, and Nintendo Direct. Um, I so this is completely different than what I was anticipating it would be when we announced when we kind of teased it last week. Um it's like a com kind of real-time combat arena game with you know Star Wars locales and bounty hunters, heroes of the rebellion, imperials. Uh I thought it was going to be a puzzle game and here we are. It's hmm. uh completely different. Yeah. And I think that it's going to be ported to the Switch, which means that it's probably going to get uh, more development, I would say, than your typical mobile game. So, yeah, I will definitely yeah. make sure that Tap gets it for the Switch so I can play it. I might have to get a Switch now. I mean, I've I've just buy a used one, but um, yeah, I might have to have to invest in the Switch because it's it's supposedly going to be on the Switch first, and then later on the two mobile stores, Apple Store and uh, Google Play, but uh. Yeah, it looks pretty cool, like a battle royale type thing. Uh, if you play Star Wars um, Galaxies, you know, Chris talks about it all the time. If you play Star Wars Galaxies, I still play Star Wars Galaxies. It's mobile only. That's the only place you, that you can play that game. Um, it's kind of like a turn-based battle royale thing where you can have different Star Wars characters kind of duel each other, and it's just, you know, turn-based and all that kind of stuff. But uh, this seems a little bit different. I'm excited to see. I believe it's new characters, right? They've created specific new Star Wars characters for this game. I don't think it's like Chewie and, you know, Stormtrooper A and like, I think it's actually like new characters and stuff. So we'll see what they got. We'll see what they got. I'm excited though. Any, any new video game content for Star Wars is usually, usually pretty good. So, uh, Agreed. I have not touched my, um, uh what's the shoot star wars uh, squadrons yeah i have not yes thank you i have <laughs> not touched squadrons i think since i've got through most of the campaign 
and I still have one mission left on the campaign and that's it. So uh, I have not touched it since then. So the replayability, I think, of that one was over relatively quick. But I did see a lot of people were jumping on Battlefront uh, this weekend. I think they were doing some increased XP. So that's a good time. Uh, if you have Battlefront, jump on, get get that in while you still can. Maggie, do you uh, remember news? way back when you and I played like one round on Squadron? <laughs> that was the last time I played. Me too. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> that was a long time ago. You know, it gets hard. You get older and you got more things going on in your life and you're busy. It just gets hard sometimes to jump on there. So it is. I feel you. I feel you. Uh, we get we got new comic news. Um, we have a new comic coming out. Uh, Maggie, do you want to touch on the new comic that's coming out here? Yes. Yeah, so Charles Sewell has a new Boba Fett themed comic coming mm. out. In a few, what is it, July? Is it July with a preview in May? That could uh, be. With uh, Marvel, I, there's so many comic book dates that it's hard to keep them all together, but it is through Marvel, not through IDW. And it is a new multi-part Boba Fett story about uh, what seems to be him losing Han on the way back to Jabba and having to get him back. So I guess hmm. Charles essentially looked at the time period and thought, what if he didn't directly take Han back to Jabba and created a story? So as a newfound Boba Fett fan, I'm quite excited about this, um, but also cautiously um, cautiously hesitant as well. I haven't been super happy with the uh, comic book adaptations of Boba Fett uh, at all. Uh, so I, I trust Charles. So I'm keen to see what he's going to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. Josh, any thoughts on uh, what you expect out of it? Well, I, I mean, the first thing that makes it, the, I think the most exciting is that Charles is doing it because his Vader comics and other stuff that mm-hmm. he's done have been like a master class. So I'm, I'm excited for it. Um, you know, I like uh, I like them filling in the blanks with, um, you know, these classic these classic characters and timelines we already know. Because we, especially someone like Boba Fett, like we don't know what he's doing from point A to point B. We just see him in a couple spots, but there's a lot of places where they can fill in the gaps. Um, yeah, you know, and so we get a little bit of that OT feel. Um, but it doesn't really necessarily, you know, take away from anything else. And yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I'm, I'm all for it. I love, I love uh, Star Wars comics. It's like one of my favorite things. So I'm, I'm, I, they can make as many comics about as many things as many characters and as many time periods. And I will buy all of them. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And we're so, so you guys know that are listening, we're going to dive into a lot of the comics that we've been reading over the last couple of weeks on our next uh, Luminous Livestream show, uh, March 5th at 8 p.m. We're going to go into the comics a little bit more. We're going to talk about that. Maybe some of the things that we liked, didn't like, get your thoughts on them. Uh, maybe play a game. We may have a prize. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, but yeah, we're going to have fun as always. Uh, our next live stream, it's always, it's always going to be the first Friday of the month, which the next one I believe in March is March 5th. So tune in March 5th, 8 p.m. And we're happy to like have everybody on. We're going to talk comics. Uh, Good time all around. That way we can get some pictures up for you guys like while we're talking about them and show maybe some of our favorite uh, clips or scenes from some of those comics. 
So just, yeah, ju- and just to give a, a one other detail about this comic that makes it cool is, yeah, so like Maggie said, May is when we get the preview. It starts in June and goes to October, and it's actually going to connect, the story is going to connect with Darth Vader, Dr. Aphra, the bounty hunters, and the star- like all of the other mainline uh, series are going to connect. So it's um, nice. a good big crossover event, so that's cool. The glue that holds it all together. Excellent. Love to hear that. Uh, We've got a limited amount of news in toy release stuff. Uh, For those that are into the Diamond Select toys or um, Gentle Giant, uh, there's a a Diamond Select statue of Bo-Katan that just came out. Uh, Retails for $159, at least on Big Bad Toy Store. Now, what I found is... Big Bad Toy Store has it for usually a couple dollars less than at what actual Gentle Giant has it for on their site. Uh, but $159 on at Big Bad Toy Store, you can do that $4 pile of loot to save a little bit of money on shipping. Uh, it's a cool figure. It's got a swappable headpiece, so you can put her with her helmet on or off. Uh, when she's got her helmet off, it's got a swappable arm that you can... She's like holding her helmet in her left arm. Uh, when she's got the helmet on, there's another pistol that's in her left hand. So that's it's pretty cool. And certainly a lot less expensive than the new toys that Hot Toys just dropped uh, for the Mandalorian Boba Fett. There was a regular version of him in his uh, sand person garb, the black robes with the Boba Fett armor over top of it. And you can kind of swap them. But if you want to go big... You can get the deluxe version, which has two figures, count them, two figures of Boba Fett, one in his Sandman attire and one in his Sandman attire with the Boba Fett armor over top of it. They come with very nice bases. Uh, He's got a a Stormtrooper helmet that's like all smashed up. He's got the gaffy sticks. Uh, The knee firing rockets are on there, like literally like they're sticking out of like the knees with like a little propulsion behind it. Super cool. You can drop a cool $495 on that version if you feel so inclined. You are getting two full figures, though, so at that price, it's actually not terrible when you compare it to one figure at the $285 price. And I tease this a little bit on Facebook. Josh, are you pulling the string on either of those hot toys? No. no? I, already have a, <laughs> no. I already have a couple busts in my, uh, in my pre-orders, and I just I couldn't... Um... As much as I like Bo-Katan, I couldn't pull the trigger on this one. It doesn't, uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't love the way the face looks on it. Um, although I do like, I, I guess, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that they went animated with it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I thought, I, I, I would think it would be cooler to do the live action version. Yeah. Especially with the Boba Fett being live action. Gentle Giant is always a little interesting with their sculpts because they're never really the same as the animated version but they are never same as in this case live action version for face sculpts you can look at some of their stuff that has uh farm boy luke um if you look at uh their hera um the hera bust that they had out a while ago doesn't look exactly like the animated version it's more of a realistic interpretation of the animated version but the farm boy luke which you would figure 
you've got a, a legitimate person in that role, you've got something to work with, doesn't look anything like Luke. And in, in my opinion, that's just my opinion. I, I think he it's close, but to me, I'm like, okay, well, that's not Mark Hamill. So they're always kind of on this this little gray area of this is animated versus this is real, and it's kind of hard. You you really got to love it um, if you want to go get it. The Bo Katan, I think they said a quantity of three thousand. It's a one seventh scale on that statue, so it's um, I think it's the same. I don't know if it's the same size as the Ahsoka one with Morai or not. It's eleven inches. Okay, so that's probably pretty close. So the and in that's a good example too. The Ahsoka with the Mirai, her if you look at her face, it's not the animated version from either Clone Wars or Rebels, and it's certainly not the live action one we just recently got. It's kind of a blend of everything. So you really gotta gotta love the sculpts that they do at uh, Gentle Giant with the, some of those figures. So, but yeah. Maggie, you're not you're not gonna pull the trigger on the Hot Toys. I'm Boba poor. Fett. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's expensive. And like I said, it's a very slippery slope with hot toys. Once you start down that path, it is a, it is a, it is a definite um, dark road that you go down with your wallet and uh, you got to keep up with it. So uh, that's all we had for news this week, folks. Um, we're going to dive into our topic this week, which is the High Republic uh, into the, into the dark. We're only covering chapters 1 through 11 in this first section. 1 to 11, excuse me, in this first section. The uh, book was written by Claudia Gray. Uh, the audiobook is read by Dan Bittner. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, I, I listen to on the audiobooks. Josh, I believe you listen to yep. the audiobooks as well. Maggie's normally, she's already read it 8 million years ago. Uh, you know, she had she had the foresight like in her head to just read the book before Claudia even wrote it, uh, which is super cool. Um, but um, we it's great because we get different kinds of opinions on how we hear it uh, when we're listening to the audiobook, how we read it and interpret it when we're looking at it on a page. Um, so it's really cool. I, I've never listened to anything from Dan Bittner. Josh, have you? Um, I couldn't place it but i've definitely heard his voice before okay yeah and i don't know if it's i'm not sure i'm actually gonna look him up and see and i can tell you exactly what i what i saw i i so far like this is i think the first book that i have listened to with him doing the voices and he's he's done a really really good job with it i think he's um the read is very very smooth the um, I think this was the first um, mention where they called the Nile the Nile, not the Nihil, I think. It was very early in the book. I'd have to go back and double check it, but I think this is the first time I heard it actually pronounced as Nile, not Nihil. So uh, definitely a little bit different, but it's it's been a good listen so far. Uh, High-level overview of this book so far, 1 through 10. Um, you know, we find our characters basically traveling from Coruscant, uh, on a mission to one of the outer rim, uh, planets, um, along the way they encounter the same, uh, emergence of debris in the hyperspace lanes that everybody else has kind of experienced during this time that we got from, um, test of courage and from, 
the higher public uh the first novel and it it throws them off course they get hit the nav gets messed up our heroes end up uh off course and they end up out in the middle of nowhere essentially uh and they find a space station and they basically have no choice to dock with this space station because, of course, there is a, a star about to explode right next to it that is emitting, you know, solar flares. Uh, so they're forced to dock. And while they are, they are certainly one of the only ships out there. there there's other ships in that area um, that apparently were damaged and kind of ended up here the same way that they did. So they basically say, hey, get to the space station. We need to get out of the solar flares. The ships are going to get damaged. And when they get on the space station, they basically find out it's abandoned. Fully overgrown with plants. It looks like one giant, what is it, arboretum? Yeah. What it's called? Mm -hmm. It looks like one giant arboretum where the plants have taken over. There are some helper droids that are maintaining the plants. And while they're there, they start to uncover more things about this space station. It's completely vacant. There's nobody there. Um, And through the course of this story, we find out um, we're starting to learn what is happening or what has happened on this space station. So, um. Josh, I'll I'll go to you first here. What you know, only going chapters one through ten. What are your first impressions of Into the Dark in comparison, maybe to Test of Courage and um, the first book, uh, the High Republic book? Well, so this book did did something very similar to the first book, but in a different way, where it kind of um, you know, the in in Light of the Jedi. We see how each Jedi sees the Force in a different way. Um, and in this book, we see, and I think more than we've really seen in a lot of, I mean, obviously, we've seen this before. This isn't completely new. But I think it did a really good job of, like, these Jedi are different. They have different motivations. They have different specia- specialities. You know, Wreath would rather be in the te- temple all day in the library. And and then Des is like a um is an adventurer and then um uh shoot, what's the master's name? Um Orla Jorini. Uh no, Joramali is the master. No, Joramali's not Joramali's not there though. Joramali's the, No Joramali uh, is or- Reese's master. Orla is the way she's the way seeker, but she's kind of doing her own thing right now yeah there's one other uh, it's um master konik vitus yeah he's like a folklorist and he goes to different places and just yeah like i thought all of that was really cool and gave the characters so much more dimension in their like jedi hood than i think that we're used to Mm -hmm. um and i i definitely really identified with with wreath like i'm 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 definitely like the bookworm like i want to know all the things about all the cultures kind of person i'm I would if and I think if I was a Jedi I would be that guy. I wouldn't be I'd want to see some stuff, but I would definitely um I'm definitely a city <laughs> right. boy. I'm I don't want I wouldn't want to be out on the frontier with bad Wi Fi, you know. I don't want that either. So um and I <laughs> But you're on a space station completely all to your own. What are you talking about? They got Wi Fi there, right? They, well, you know, they might, but I think it was probably dial up because <laughs> it was old, you know. So 
And that that was the AOL. Yeah. And speaking of old, I, I got I got really excited when they got to the space station and he like recognized that it was like really old and like what mm-hmm. that it was, uh, you know, a Maxine Warriors, beca- just because I love anything, especially since they've kind of rewritten that ancient past. Like we don't really know. We have some mentions of different conflicts with the ancient Sith and stuff, but we don't really know. Like there isn't really anything there anymore um mm-hmm. in the story at this point and so just anything that establishes like this immense age of civilization in the galaxy is is cool and i just want to expand on that lore as much as we can yeah yeah i uh i i actually wreath it's wreath silas i believe is his full name he's a padawan um but to your point he is an archivist and he enjoys basically learning and reading and kind of staying on Coruscant where he's comfortable doing that. And I love that there's another character very much like Jocasta New out in the world yeah. that is just a learned person. It wants to be a learned person and study different species and uh, what do I want to say? Different uh, cultures or different things that go on in the world besides in the the galaxy besides what happens with just the Jedi. So it was very cool to to hear this is your main character in this book or uh, maybe not the main character but certainly one of the focal points of this book. Um Maggie, what um when when you read this one maybe in comparison to the other two, what were your thoughts uh in comparison to those other two, did you like this one a little bit more? Do you like, do you like the other two a little bit more? Did you feel it was a different style of read than the other two or pretty similar? So this was the one that I was the most excited for because I love Claudia. Uh, but I ended up not like being the biggest fan of this. Like I enjoyed it, but it wasn't the one that like tops the list for me. Um, I think test of courage is my favorite. And then light of the Jedi and then into the dark um, in terms of, of, readability in terms of relatability i will say though i really did like uh wraith's character and i like that he was like can i just stay inside and read because i relate to that deeply um (laughs) and i just i love this idea that there are some jedi out there that are like hey so i'm not really big into like this whole like going and fighting can i just like stay in the archives (laughs) um so i was definitely a fan of that um and I think the book is really good, uh, but it's definitely not not my favorite. Um, I I found it to be a little hard to read, and it might have just been because I was like, I have three Star Wars books I have to like blaze mm-hmm. through to get reviews out for. Um, but I I might have not given it as much like attention as I wish I could have, and I wish I could have reread it uh, ahead of this. But I just finished Alphabet Squadron, so it was like. Too many Star Wars books. If they yeah. could slow down, it would be really great. <laughs> First of all, you yeah. just said a, you just said something that doesn't exist. Too many Star Wars books. <laughs> uh, when you have to read them and then like instantly write a review for them, it's it's exhausting because uh, it's no longer like reading for fun. It's True. reading for work. Yeah. Um, but I think that this I think this works. I think it's really nice that we've got this kind of tapestry of different viewpoints and different styles, and it really lends itself to this idea that you know Michael um, what is it Michael Sl- Sligan? Um, terrible at pronouncing names. Uh, mm-hmm 
talked about at the beginning of the the whole project luminous was that it's something that you can pick and choose you can pull from which authors are your favorite which kind of styles and like arcs you're looking for um and so i think this this definitely appeals to um to you know fans that are looking for the style of book and i've seen a lot of people who have said that this is their favorite so far um so i mean it's good it's it's mm-hmm. good and yeah. i like that the characters feel different from what we've read before but they're still very much in line with this feel that the high republic is trying to bring us yeah it's uh and that's the cool thing is that maggie and i when we were kind of talking pre-show we were like we we definitely have like difference of opinions on this one so far and and again we're only 10 chapters in um but so far i've enjoyed the read of this one and the characters a little bit more than what i did in test of courage and the other high republic novel for me, it just, it's, it's a little bit more, uh, it pulled me in a little bit more because I get a very sci-fi horror type movie feel behind this book. And for me, that, mm-hmm. that interests me. Like, um, uh, it's very Aliens slash uh, Event Horizon is, I think, how I phrased it in the pre-show. Yes. Uh, very, like, what's going on with the ship? Where are all the people? What happened here? Uh, you know, but there's clearly a living being instead of like Event Horizon, which was just basically they discovered a portal into hell and it was just a mess. And uh, it's a very dip, but it's very cool sci-fi horror read so far. And I think that's what drew me into it uh, in the beginning. I do love, I do love Wreath Silas. I really have enjoyed Des Des Rydan, who is the Jedi Knight Josh mentioned, who is the kind of adventurer that. Um, he's very, I don't, I don't want to say like he's a popular Jedi, but he's a, a Jedi Knight that a lot of people look up to, um, for the type of character that he is. Um, I think Padawans I, look up to him because he's like the adventure guy. He's the swashbuckler. Yeah. 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 Um, but I love the description that we got of Jedi Orla Jarini. Oh my gosh. I love Orla. Yeah, Orla is, she's a way seeker, so she has, she's elevated to that level of master, but she does not want to stay on Coruscant and sit in the council, and we learned of this in the first book with, uh, I can't remember his name now, the really, really old Jedi who basically didn't want to be on Coruscant either. He wanted to go out and form his own path and find his own thing and that's what orla is doing she has uh, i believe snowy robes um which are uniquely hers she has a double-bladed lightsaber and she is umbaran so she's got pale skin high cheekbones and those beautiful white (coughs) robes so this is this is a really really cool character that i cannot wait to hear (coughs) more about as we get into this further love that Um, lightsaber yes that too uh we get we get a couple other characters you mentioned earlier, Josh, Master, Konek, Konek, Komek Vitus, Komek Vitus, who's a human. Um, he's a scholar and a mystic. He's tall, slender, angular build. Um, again, kind of like an older version of Dez, I would say, maybe. Like, he's achieved that master rank where Dez is just at the Jedi, Jedi Knight level. Um, and then we get the ship's crew that is es- that was escorting them to Starlight Beacon, <laughs> which this crew 
is very different than what I think we've seen in most Star Wars movies or heard from in books or comic books. This crew rocks. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Very nice pun pun intended on Josh's part there. Yes. Shooter or something. Hey, Star Wars friends, it's Josh, your favorite Star Wars friend and the resident John Williams one percenter. Do you want to be a John Williams one percenter like me? Well, here's a piece of John Williams trivia to help you push up your glasses at the other 99%. Did you know that John Williams has 52 Academy Award nominations in his career to date? The only other person with more nominations is some guy named Walter Disney? Never heard of the guy. Make sure to stay on target and listen to the Star Wars Friends podcast every week for more John Williams content. Hi, this is Gary Witter. Very proud to be a Star Wars friend. You are listening to the Star Wars Friends podcast. Hi, this is Kevin Kiner, composer for Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels. I'm happy to be a Star Wars friend. Looking for fun and excitement without having to join the First Order or Resistance? Come join your Star Wars friends and experience the fun and excitement at Canto Vite Hotel and Casino located on the beautiful planet of Cantonica. Our state-of-the-art facility offers a beautiful Fathir racetrack, all the newest hollow tables, and the finest libations and cuisine across the galaxy. Enjoy top-notch entertainment nightly such as Figrin Dan and the Modal Nodes, the Max Rebo Band, and Arodia Ventifoli. Witness some of the fastest sky racing in the galaxy with first-rate pilots Hype Phazon. Hype Phazon is in the building! Tora Doza. Where's my cute little furball? Freya Fenris and Griff Halloran. Okay, I still don't get why we all had to come along. Just listen to some of our happy guests. Oi! Misa love Canto Bite Hotel and Casino. Misa win muy muy credits. Whether you're here for relaxation or excitement, the Canto Bite Hotel and Casino can provide whatever you desire. There is so much to do here. Odds are, you'll have the time of your life. Maybe. Gambling problem? Reach out by Hotman to the New Republic Gambling Addiction Hotline. The number is 800-IMI-NDBT. The number again is 800-IMI-NDBT. One more time, the number is 800-I'M-IN-DEBT. This advertisement has been brought to you by the Star Wars Friends. Please handle responsibly. Hi, this is Delilah S. Dawson, your Star Wars friend, and you are listening to the Star Wars Friends Podcast. Kyle, will you be an angel for a helpless baby Yoda? Every day, baby Yoda is chased by bounty hunters and abused by scout troopers, and he's crying out for help. Please click the subscribe button on your screen and join the Star Wars friends with a monthly gift right now. 
For only 60 calamari flan a month, you'll help rescue Baby Yoda from their abusers and provide food, shelter, Jedi training, and Beskar armor. Subscribe now and follow us on Twitter in the next 30 minutes to receive this tweet with a gif of Baby Yoda, who's been given a second chance thanks to you. Baby Yoda needs our help. So please, subscribe, rate, and review right away. This is Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith, and you are listening to the Star Wars Friends Show. Do not underestimate the power of this podcast. Well, my name is Stephen Ray Morris, and I've been a Star Wars fan my whole life, and I'm happy to call myself a Star Wars friend. I know my thing is Jurassic Park, but I love Star Wars, and I dressed up for Ray for Halloween a couple years ago. So, yeah, enjoy Star Wars, friends. Hey, this is Dominic Pace, who played Gecko the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian. Happy to be your Star Wars friend. You're listening to the Star Wars Friend Show. Hello there, Star Wars friends. It's Josh, your favorite Star Wars friend and resident John Williams One Percenter. Do you want to be a John Williams One Percenter like me? Well, here's a piece of John Williams trivia to help you show off your elite status to those around you. Not only has John won countless awards and accolades, Oscars, Grammys, etc., but the apple does not fall too far from the tree either. His son, Joseph Williams, is the lead singer of the Grammy Award-winning band, Toto. Make sure to stay on target and listen to the Star Wars Friends podcast every week for more John Williams content. Moonlit wings reflect the stars that guide me towards salvation. Hey, I'm Jason Fry. Thanks for listening to Star Wars Friends Podcast. We hope you're enjoying this episode of the Star Wars Friends Podcast. Subscribe to the Star Wars Friends for weekly episodes featuring the latest news, in-depth analysis, fan questions, and conversation on all things Star Wars. If you're enjoying the Star Wars Friends, please leave us a review on whatever podcast app you're listening on. And make it a great one. Now, back to the Star Wars Friends. Um, we get Captain Leox. Leox? Gyasi, I think is how you pronounce it, who is nothing like Han Solo or Dash Rendar or any other Lando Calrissian. He is very much, he struck me as very hippie-ish, I Oh, guess, no, totally. In the beginning, um, you get his co-pilot, Affy Hollow, who is basically a kid, and you get a... a amazing navigator and this has to be the first time we have heard of this in star wars geode who is literally a rock 
literally a rock. Like he's a Vintian. No face. He has a name Vintian. and it's geode. He has a name and it's geode, but apparently you can't even pronounce his name correctly unless you don't have a mouth. Per what the book said. Hey, and I don't even know how you do that. You're just kind of like, mm, mm. right. <laughs> it's just, mm. Mm, mm, mm. but if for short, they call him geode and he is a, I, a rock, a sentient rock. He's a rock. He is the rock. Move over Dwayne Johnson. Geode is whoa, a rock. Whoa, 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 <laughs> whoa. Look, don't go. I so. love Dwayne Johnson, <laughs> but we're talking about geode here. You, do you guys remember us talking about what we'd cast the rock in a yes. Star Wars movie? This is, this is who he's playing. Geode. <laughs> oh, yes. Geode. We uh, have the- found the role for Dwayne Johnson. Geode. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, this character, like, I, from the very onset when this character was introduced in the book, and then as he is kind of brought into certain sections, like there's a section where he lends support, I think, to Affy. Affy literally like hugs him and they mention, oh, he just sat there and just absorbed it because <laughs> he can't do anything. Well, it's funny because they're they're totally they're they are totally presenting it on both sides of the coin where the crew treats him like any other sentient being. And then everyone else is like. But it's just a rock, though, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know what's going on. I, I know at one point, like, Reith gets startled by him because he's just, like, there and he, in a different room. He's like, ah! Like, he didn't know. How'd you they, get there? Like, and yes. I, I spent a lot of time trying to figure out if this was just, like, a gag or, you know, if it's, Same. like, are we going to find out that he is just a rock and, you know, that the hippie nature of Leox is, is uh, you know... The aura of the rock yeah. was just so strong <laughs> that he put him as a navigator. But he's but he moves somehow. Yeah. He rolls. Cause I think what you were talking about was Wreath and um maybe Wreath and Dez Dez were talking or Wreath and uh Comek were talking like in the mess hall of the ship, I think, and then all of a sudden Geode was there. Yeah. And they were like, How did he get here? <laughs> like did he hear what we said? We don't know what's happening. So I was getting a um, Matthew McConaughey vibe off of Leox, by the way, the way that he um, mm. speaks. And I just look, I just looked him up and I just want to share this with you because I think I, like if that wasn't who they were going for, I'd be really surprised. <laughs> oh, I think he, it was. I think it was. Can you see the he pictures? Is, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he is. So, so Josh put up this picture of Leox, and he is definitely this, all right, all right, all right, Matthew McConaughey-looking guy. He's got kind of like hair. a southern accent a little bit. In the, <laughs> hey, uh, we, we've cast two characters in this novel so far. Oh, man. We're doing pretty good. We're doing pretty good. Um, but, yeah, not your typical crew that is escorting uh, our Jedi friends to Starlight Beacon, because I believe their original transport ship, there was a problem with it on the planet, so they had to bring in another one. Uh, But they are members of the Bind Guild, uh, which apparently is, I I don't even know what the Bind Bind Guild is at this point. I guess they're just a group of traders or merchants, maybe, that 
transporting as part of their gig. Uh, their ship is literally called the vessel. <laughs> um, and apparently when you go from co-pilot to captain, you can pick your ship within the bind guild that you would like to, to pilot and Affy would love to fly the vessel. So it's a little odd. Uh, I haven't totally figured out the bind guild yet, but, but definitely something that pulled me in right away. Uh, we, we get to the space station and we find out, uh, you know, it's, it's overrun by these plant things and they do sense this dark presence on the ship. All of the Jedi pretty much sense a dark presence from the time that they arrive. We do learn that the technology of this space station is from the Maxine warriors uh, that were first mentioned in the bloodline novel. Uh, But it's, it's very ominous when they get there and our, our Jedi friends are kind of exploring the ship, trying to figure out what happened to all the people. They're trying, there's large idols or statues kind of all around the ship that are covered in vines and look very ancient that don't look like they were originally part of the space station. So they're trying to solve that mystery. They have conflict with other ship crews that were in that area as well, trying to avoid that solar flare that kind of all got diverted there from the uh, emergence of, um, I can't remember the name of the ship. Uh, The Legacy uh, Run. Legacy Run, thank you. Mm -hmm. When the Legacy Run blew up and all those particles, you know, went into hyperspace, all these other ships get diverted here. So there's conflict because some of them are clearly pirates. Uh, There's another couple who is an older Lasat. So we have the introduction of another Lasat in this book, and he has a young person with him, a ward. Um, Lasat's name, or a Zabrak, sorry. Yeah, the Lasat is the guy, is the crime lord in the flashbacks. Yes, thank you. Um, The Zabrak is named Haig, and the small girl who is his ward is named Nan. And and there's conflict there where we get these pirates or whatever trying to capture Nan, uh, basically because they were going to take her, put her into slavery, and she gets rescued by Wreath at one point. Now he's kind of wrestling with his inner conscience about, dude, I hacked a guy's arm off. Spoiler alert. I just ruined it for you. He hacks a guy's arm off. Uh, so it's, it's, uh, it's interesting. And without uh, several lot- warnings first. Yeah. And then you still cut it off this, like right you know in the right spot. Like Yeah. If you're listening to this and you uh you know we're covering the first ten chapters, then it's it's not really a spoiler at this point, I would hope. Um But yeah, so he saves Nan, he hacks off the arm of somebody. Um really, really cool though. I I did you guys get any interesting comments or polls or any little bits of information out of the first ten chapters? that you thought were interesting that you didn't know before, or maybe just from a comment perspective found fascinating. I mean, I think when he cut his arm off and he was like struggling with kind of, I don't, I don't know if grief is the right word, but like just the, he was struggling with the decision to do that. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, beating himself up about it. Uh, I just, I don't think we've really seen a whole lot of, I mean, we obviously we've seen, like Anakin's inner struggle, but I think that just to see, just to see Wreath, like something that's kind of 
in the grand scheme of things, not a a bad thing. He, I think he did like the right thing. He didn't overstep. Um, and for him to, you know, his internal monologue about that was kind of cool because we, I don't think we've seen a whole lot of that. Yeah. Jedi seem to generally be pretty like sure of themselves, especially in combat. So for him to do something kind of vanilla as far as, you know, Jedi combat is concerned. Hacking an arm off. Yeah. It was funny how the, those guys were instantly no longer tough guys once they realized, uh, like what he could do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And then I think shortly after that, because they were all trying to raid the ship. And I think shortly after that, when they get into like a central area, uh, Komek literally like self levitates himself and starts I don't, just speaking. And it sounded like he was like on a PA system. Yeah. But he was just using his normal voice and channeling the force to project around the whole ship and basically told them all, you need to stop looting, go back to your ships. Uh, we'll get this sorted out. Let's let's come up with a plan because we're going to be stuck here for a little while. So, um, I I thought the I, I got one interesting quote in the very beginning when they first meet the ship crew and they're kind of finding out. I think they thought they were just like monks getting on this ship. They didn't realize they were Jedi, but once they realized they were Jedi, uh, Leox, yeah, Leox, right, had questions about the Jedi themselves. And I think one of the things that he had asked, he goes, how are you supposed to prove love to the galaxy when you're not allowed to love one person? And I thought that was a very interesting, I I, I don't want to say like second guessing, but a very good question that he raised, like you're not allowed to love anything. How are you supposed to prove to people that it's okay to, to get along and with each other and, and, have love for one another when you yourselves aren't allowed to love one another. Yeah, I thought that was, but yeah, we've got Kiata Mundi who's polygamous. So, uh, <laughs> that was because know. of his species. <laughs> Agreed. But you know, he's, he's even Leox is going, Hey, look, I don't understand this. Like, why can't you guys just have love for one person? And, and I, you know, I understand the Jedi's point of view too. It's just a very difficult, uh, it's it's that balance. It's it's like you can't do one, but you can't do the other. So, uh, Maggie, what about you? Did you get any interesting tidbits in the first ten chapters? We're only covering the first ten, but anything that you off the rip that maybe you thought was interesting? I think really the only thing that stood out to me was just this idea of there being these Jedi that didn't want to go out and be adventurers. Um, that really stood out to me just because that that felt. As much as I joke that I would totally be a bounty hunter if I was in Star Wars, <laughs> the reality is I would definitely be sitting in a book somewhere being like, that planet has bugs. I don't want to go there. Um, so I definitely like relate it to that aspect of the book in a way that hasn't really been like represented before. All of the Jedi in the past are like these like swashbuckling, you know, out here with their lightsabers fighting battles and, you know... Here we have somebody who's like, I just, I just want to chill and read. That's my thing. Yeah. Um, And I like that. I think Reith actually said that in the very beginning of the book, he said, adventure is a euphemism for going places that have a lot of bugs. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) I felt that. I felt that on a primal level. That's a weird, that's a, you know, it's, that seems very normal to us, but I like, 
how does that how does that equate in a in a reality where there are like sentient insects right good point yeah i don't know because he does mention at one point he is something about um just because he wants adventure doesn't mean he wants to wake up and find bugs in his boots or something like that i think was something along those lines was the line so like maybe that was a sentient bug just trying to like get some warmth and he crawled into his boot and then he sticks his boot in there and squishes him. Well, you so. know, I think that, that there's definitely like different variations of creatures in the star Wars universe. Cause you have like Loth cats and then you have Zagarians, which are feline sentient felines, basically. Um, they have a whole so different. Think, yeah. Just, yeah. And then you have mm-hmm. like Loth wolves and then you have like creatures who are canine, like that Um, Yes. Mm-hmm. So I think there, there's definitely like, you know, Dr. Mandible. And then there are also ants that you want to crush. Well, in, in Star you. Wars, obviously, they have a completely different um, understanding and relationship with like the theory of evolution just because they can see it, you know, like they can. We still have people that are like, we're not we we didn't evolve from from primates, you know, and <laughs> they they see everything as the other, whereas we, cause we don't live mm-hmm. in a, we don't have proof of any other sentient beings, but, um, that we could have, you know, it's, it's just totally different for them. I mean, we mm-hmm. can't wrap our head around it cause we're not in that reality. I mean, you go to uh you go to Dr. Mandible's planet and you wake up and you find your boot on Dr. Mandible, not Dr. Mandible in your boot. Maybe because he's maybe that, on Mandible's he's that big. Maybe on Mandible's planet, there's a bunch of li- like tiny primates running around, like it's t- completely flipped. Yeah. Oh, that'd be weird. It'd be so weird. Good thing Star Wars isn't <laughs> real, though. It's fictional. Yeah. Just so everybody knows, Star Wars is fictional. What? Get out of here. Yeah. And this Get is a really here. good reminder to remind people that funny tweets on the internet do not warrant death threats. No. No. Keep it. Keep it PC, people. Come on. Um, yeah, it's I. You know, it's it's a good point. I think you're it, it, Josh. I want to go back to uh, kind of what you were talking about, where Des was kind of questioning, or not Des. I'm sorry, Reith was kind of questioning. You know, his decision to take the arm of the pirate that was trying to kidnap Nan. Uh, again, I don't think he's he's probably not been in that situation before, right? He's never been off. Coruscant put in a situation where dude you got to defend somebody's life um and and there's a, a quote in there I think from Des talking to Reith he says it takes strength to question your own actions um and that's essentially what the force is about is learning from those things but I think he says you also cannot dwell on the past for too long that you don't look uh, to the present and continue to move forward. So I thought that was a very interesting point that you brought up that he's, he's self-reflecting on the decision to use, I'm going to say violence against somebody to defend somebody else. So, uh, it was, is not an easy decision for him. And you could tell certainly in the reading in the audio book, uh, by that Dan, that, that Dan is doing that it's, it's, it was a hard decision for him. So, uh, good point. Um, you know, these, by the time you get to chapter 10, folks, uh, we do lose our dear friend Des, 
Um, Des, they find a room apparently that nobody was in. They were getting no life readings, nothing. And they found a door with some like weird panel markings to get in. And I think he was like, it's almost like a secret passage door. He was like leaning on it. And it opened and Des kind of fell into it and then the door closed right away. And they find out that there are these giant, what they call them, helix rings? Yeah. I think is what they called them, which are used to power, uh, they, they're used to power ships, essentially. Like, they're so powerful, though, that they can vaporize uh, a human or a, a being into atoms. So the door opens, Des falls in, the helix rings somehow turn on, and then when they finally stop and they get the door back open, Des is gone. And they have no idea where he's at. He's in the ether somewhere. Um so that kind of sucks because I kind of like that character. I wanted to to get more Des in there. Well we don't got, know yet, but... do we? Because he said that if they if those rings like malfunction because they're old they can vaporize but they he also said that they melt metal and stuff too and i it didn't sound like it sounded like they're trying to lead us there but that's not necessarily true the truth yet we'll see good point good point i don't know anything i'm Um, just hopeful (laughs) me too well because they did say there is a mention that maybe he was transported to another part of the ship i believe is what they said uh so I, it'll be really interesting to see how these helix rings kind of tie in with uh, these plants, apparently, that have overgrown this entire ship. Um, but yes, they have, so far in the first 10 chapters, they our Jedis are dealing with pirates or refugees, excuse me, refugees, uh, a helix ring that apparently can potentially vaporize transport or melt you. Uh, they're also dealing with plants that have some kind of ominous shadow around them that they can't quite pinpoint yet that have uh, spikes or barbs on them along with they secrete poison um, and they are sentient. They do move. They they can grab you and they are also dealing with IT droids that apparently maintain these plants that if you hurt the plant the droids are going to attack you as well. So there is a lot of stuff attacking those them. droids. Yeah. There is a lot of stuff attacking the Jedi in the first 10 chapters of this book. And it's, I'm digging it so far. That's I, I love it. So um, definitely a different read than the other two. Um, there's a couple flashbacks in there. I liked those as well, but I, I mean, I'm just going to put it Geode. Geode is, he is my new favorite Star Wars character. I must find a picture of Geode. I got a feeling like he looks like Maychamp or something from like Pokemon with like these just arms sticking out, if you know who I'm talking about. So, but yeah, chapter one through 10 done. Overall, solid read. Enjoyed it so far. What do you guys think? Yeah. Yeah, no, I really like it. I was, I was glad that I only finished it today so I didn't have to like wait several days to stop reading because I didn't want to spoil stuff like I did last time when I read ahead. So I was like kind of trying to space it out so I finished it today so I could immediately start reading again tomorrow. Good plan. 
Good plan. Um, do we have any, any, any ideas of, and it's hard. I, I really want to say, do we have any ideas what's going to happen next in the book? But at the same time, I'm like, I can't say anything. <laughs> Maggie can't say anything. Cause she's already read it. Josh, what do you think? Do you think, let's say, do you think Des is dead or do you think he's just like in another part of the ship? I'm holding out hope that he's not dead. Maybe he got, maybe he got transported to wherever those, the visions that uh, the other two were having. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm hopeful that he's still around. He didn't seem like someone that would be killed off quickly, but you never know. Um, yeah. I am, I, uh, yeah, I, I, this is our first kind of like, uh, real dark side thing in this time period. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see where that leads. Yeah. It's, um, there's in chapter eight, there are mentions, um, that the Sith could infuse darkness into items. So there's a lot of speculation that maybe the statues, idols that are on this space station, um, are imbued with the dark side. But I, there's also very clear mention that, um, Master Komek is, uh, he basically says, I don't think it's the statues. He's like, look past the statues. It's almost like the shadow is behind it in the plants, somewhere in the plants. But it's very different than any Sith feeling that they've had from anything else. So I'm excited to see uh, or hear essentially what what these plants are uh, and, and what they're capable of and how they ended up here. That's really, and what those statues are. It's it's like Indiana Jones meets Event Horizon meets Aliens meets Little Shop of Horrors meets all these different movies, and they're just combined into this book. It's pretty cool. All right, uh, oh, and then Josh threw <laughs> he throws up this picture of the Rock holding a rock. That's Geode. Geode. That's Geode. He's like his buddy Geode. I love it, man. This is what I need to see in my Star Wars. So, um, Josh, we may have to post this picture and uh, on the Twitter and uh, send it out there and say, hey, if you haven't checked out Into the Dark yet, meet your new hero, Geode. Which, if he has a hero role in this book and does something other than Navigator, I might just lose my mind, because that would be the coolest thing ever. They're setting him up for something, I think. Yes, yes. I don't know what it is yet, but it's something, so. You're all clear, kid. Now let's blow this thing and go home. We're going to let you guys go, Star Wars friends. Good cover of the first 10 chapters of The High Republic Into the Dark by Claudia Gray. Um, As always, you can find us on social media. You can find us on the Twitter, the Instagram, and Facebook at SW Friends Show. You can always email us any kind of feedback, questions, comments, concerns at show at, I believe it's show at SW at show, excuse me show at starwarsfriends.com goodness tripped over my own words you got there um gosh i know right you can find me justin on twitter at i am the bendu where can they find you guys at 
This is Josh, and you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Battle of Tanab. And I have 599 Instagram followers. Come on. Somebody do it. Congratulations. Somebody create a profile for Geode and follow Josh. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) And this is Maggie, and you can find me over on Twitter at Maggie of the Town. Very nice, very nice. Don't forget, we've got our Luminous live stream show coming up March 5th. That's that first Friday in March at 8 p.m. Please tune in. We're going to cover a lot of the comics that we've been reading. Uh, Hopefully we get to play a game, have some fun with our viewers, maybe win a prize. We'll see what happens. But it's always a good time. Uh, It's always a good time with my Star Wars friends. So, uh, as always, everybody, may the Force be with you geode we are the nile <laughs> always <laughs> take care guys hey friends don't forget to subscribe to the star wars friends podcast and leave an awesome review on whichever podcast app you're listening on catch up on past episodes fun interviews and more at starwarsfriends.com Connect with the Star Wars friends on social media at SW Friends Show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Email the show at show at StarWarsFriends.com. Thanks for listening, and as always, may the Force be with you.